Blog Talk Radio. In my helmet, cleats, and shoulder pads Standing in the huddle Listening to the call Fans going crazy for the boys of fall Hey everybody, welcome to the fifth quarter Coach Johnson, I'm your host Dave Johnson Um Glad to be on here tonight. Glad everybody out there listening is here with me as well. We got a lot of football to talk about tonight. Um, we got a new college national champion. Um, we got the NFL playoffs going on. If you're uh, still watching those, and uh, we got our favorite subject we like to talk about, and that's women's football. And Speaking of women's football, I've got a, a couple of special guests on here tonight from the national champ team and uh, the national championship team in Canada, the Regina Wright. So uh, they'll be calling in about uh, 30 minutes, I believe. So uh, look forward to that and uh, talk to them for a little while. The coach and uh, one of the players, I think she was MVP. I'm not sure if it was the league or or the national championship game, but we'll find out when they call in. So uh, look forward to talking to them and seeing how things go over there versus how they go uh, over here in the United States. So uh, before they call in, uh, let's talk about the game last night. Uh, if you missed it, you, you missed a, a good game. Um, you know, everybody, I, I watched a lot of the pregame and everybody uh, seemed like they were picking Georgia to win, and they sure come out on fire. I mean, um, Alabama missed some golden opportunities early and uh, went in at halftime, I think, down 13 to nothing and uh, come back in the second half and really, really made a game out of it. But, you know, when when you get two really good teams and and you get a coach that coached under the other coach and uh, with and Nick Saban, uh, Kirby Smart coached under Nick Saban, and I myself think Nick Saban is the best college coach in football, in college football. So, um, you know, that's no secret. Everybody knows I like him and I like the way he does things. And you know, especially last night, and I'm, and I was one of them when they were talking at halftime about, you know, do you think we'd see this freshman quarterback for them? Do you think we'd see this young guy come in? And and I, I'll just be honest, I thought no way. You know, the Jalen Hurts. Now he did miss some really golden opportunities, and it just seemed like he put put them in a bad position several times. Um, I thought the play calling uh, in the first half for Alabama was pretty conservative. Now, I didn't 
of course, you know, it's hard for me to sit here and second guess them. Just as a fan watching it, I, I myself thought it was a little conservative. Uh, but in the second half, man, they, they wasn't conservative. So um, if you didn't watch the game, uh, Alabama drive down, first drive, uh, Jalen Hurts missed a wide open uh, guy in the end zone. Could have been a touchdown. Um, I think he underthrew him by a mile or overthrew him. I can't remember. And then they missed a field goal. Um, they actually make the field goal, and then somebody was outside. And when they moved it back for the penalty, then they missed the field goal. Um, so, and then the characteristic of Alabama's defense give up several big plays on third down. And, it, I mean, it just seemed like that um, – Georgia was just, I mean, they were like 50 to 75% uh, productive on third down, and a lot of those were third and long. I mean, really long, third and 20, third and 17, and, you know, in those situations, and even uh, Coach Saban said it, you know, we've got to get off the field in in those situations. And, uh, you know, I couldn't agree more in sitting there watching that watching that game unfold and it's you know it's just like you're you're watching a team that uh alabama you know doing things they haven't done all year but i mean you're talking about georgia's got two of the best running backs in the college football and uh and nick judge and sony michelle both probably would surprise me if they're both first rounders so um, and then they got them themselves got a freshman quarterback, and he he did throw a couple interceptions, and uh, one of them skipped off somebody's helmet and sort of got uh, picked off the other one. That should, the receiver should have caught the ball, I thought. But I thought that guy played really, really well. And uh, he, you know, he's a he's a true freshman too, and I really. I hate to use that word because that's what these announcers use all the time. But, you know, I like to use these, these young guys because I'm going to tell you, um, I care where you play, who you play for, whatever. If you can play, I firmly believe you can play. And, you know, it's just like coaching. If you can coach, I believe you can coach at any level. Now, you know, you, sure, you have to get your players in there to get in your system and do things that way. And I, I get it. And then, you know, the, once you move up each league and whatever, it gets tougher, and, and I get it. But, you know, my, my theory is, you know, everybody, those announcers, you know, all they kept saying was true, fresh, and true, fresh, and true. I mean, I wanted to reach through the TV and choke the guys myself. I mean, I just got tired of hearing it. I mean, these guys are just young. I mean, but they've been – they can play – for a reason is why they're there. I mean, if they couldn't play, they wouldn't be at Alabama or Georgia, I promise. So, you know, every time one of them made a mistake, well, that's how these true freshmen. But when they throw a bomb and lay it right in their hands, well, boy, that's a great play. You never heard nothing about it. You know what? That's a two-way street there. Um, so, I, I, you know, these announcers, man, sometimes I just want to mute the TV and not even listen to them. They just say that dumb a thing it seems like and then you know certain things are obvious and then when it turns around and goes the other way they want to avoid it so you know they uh, they both 
teams had young quarterbacks. Even Jalen Hurts is just a sophomore. Um, he's a starter for Alabama, has been for the past two years. His record's 25-2, and two, you know. And uh, when they were talking about it at halftime, about benching him and bringing in this other guy, I can't even pronounce his name, so I'm not even going to try. <clears throat> but he's from Hawaii, I believe. A real, real well-spoken guy. They said he was the number one uh, rated quarterback, dual-threat quarterback coming out of high school. And I'm going to tell you what, he's a left-hander. And that kid got ice water in his veins. He threw an interception. He shit through. They left him in there. He just kept coming back, making play after play after play. Um, you know, first game, well, I ain't going to say the first game started. He didn't start it, but he started the second half. And he's played some all year. And I've never seen him play, but um, he, he played some. And uh, so that's, you know, I just, my point is, just because these guys are young don't mean that's why they make them make mistakes. I mean, we see guys in college and NFL all the time been playing for years. What's their excuse? You know, they're not a rookie or they're not a true freshman. What's their excuse? You know, so I get tired of hearing these guys harp on it. And, you know, um, shoot, our team last year, we played – uh, I think we had nine rookies on the team. Ended up with 18 total players at the end of the year uh, and nine rookies. So, you know what, I never even called them rookies. The only time we called, I called them rookies at all is when we uh, voted for a rookie award at the end of the year. Other than that, they're just players, and I, I don't care how many years they've been playing. Either you can play or you can't play, and that's the way I view it. Uh, I don't call veteran players veteran players. Um, they're they're all players to me. It don't matter if they've been there four years or they've been there four days or whatever. They're all players to me. I like to treat them all the same. Um, so, you know, I, I wish these guys would, would realize that and quit hard. I mean, I guess they have to have something to talk about. But, man, it just it drives me crazy. But, uh I actually had picked Alabama to win the game uh, by three. Of course, I'd picked it a little higher than what it was, just by not much, maybe uh, six points or so. But I picked Alabama to win by three. And uh, it sort of didn't look too good for a while, I'll just tell you, uh, and especially there at the end of the game when that young guy took the sack and then he delivered a strike down the sideline. Um, so, And then they had another – Freshman catching the ball, another freshman running the ball, another freshman left tackle. I mean, there's, there's you know, these, these guys are playing at the top-level top football in the toughest games. And, uh, you know, they're, they're just young guys. And, I, I mean, I think they're good and, and uh, they're ready to play. And it don't matter what grade they're in. So, you know, um, that's just sort of my – you know, my pet peeve is hearing these guys talk about it all the time. But, uh, you know, they they just don't give them the credit when they uh, um, when they do something good. It's like they want to blame it on them being a true freshman when they do something bad. I, I don't know. It just sort of gets under my skin, and I'm not a big fan of Herb Street, Chris Fowler anyway. So, um, but, you know, that's just the way it is. But, um, you know, these these guys are 
going to be some kind of good. Both of those quarterbacks, I mean, probably both of those teams, it's no tell. I mean, we'll probably see those same two teams back in there again next year with uh, with the quarterbacks and the coaches they got. And, uh, you know, it, it's no telling. We could see these. We could see those two teams back in there again. And, uh, you know, to play uh, four quarters and, and then wind up going to overtime, you, you couldn't ask for a much better game. And, and they, to me, I, I harp on this about every week, goes back to parity. And, you know, like I said, in all those bowl games, the parity was there. You had several games going into overtime. You had several that just were just one-score games, um, all that kind of stuff. So I, I think that's, you know, a tribute to, to these players going to places that they can play right away. And, and you know, that that's a, a good point right there because that's, makes it that much tougher for teams like Alabama and Georgia and them guys to be so dominant so long when these players, they could possibly get, you know, and then once they, you know, figure out they may be a red shirt or whatever, they say, no, nah, I'm, I'm out. I'm I'm going to more right play right now. Now, I can't say that I blame them, but, uh, you know, I just think that's the, uh, the, the way we – uh, sort of turned in in football in general, not just in college. And I mean, we see it high school. I mean, in uh, these local high schools, kids going other places to play, and, and so it, it's everywhere. So, but to me, that's keeping the, the parity up because everybody's getting great players. You know, not just. A few of the better teams, bigger teams, getting great players. They just had more of them. So. It uh, you know it, it was a great game, really great game, great way to end the the college football year. Um, of course, if you're an Alabama fan, it was, and if you're a Georgia fan, it was. But uh, I I mean I I was like I said I support Alabama, and it, uh, just because of Nick Saban, I really don't care about Alabama, but I like him and I like the way he does things, and you know that's that's sort of talking about them, you know, coming out at, at uh, half and changing that quarterback. I, I didn't think there's no way they would, because, but I'd never seen the kid play. So, you know, sure enough, they come right out and do and, and don't look back. And, and that's that's why I like him. I mean, the guy he bench is 25-2 and two in two years. And, but he just, you know, just didn't seem like he was on his game and, they put somebody in there that they can that, that could do the job, or they felt certain they could do a better job. I mean, obviously, it's been a tighter race or got tighter down the year uh, through the year than anybody thought. So um, it's a it's it's a great game, great quarterbacks, uh, great coaching. I mean, both sides. I think that uh, Georgia sort of led up a little bit. Um, you you know, I. I I have a lot of mixed – well, I don't have mixed feelings, but a lot of people have mixed feelings about, you know, when uh, you get up big and you don't let off. Well, I'm going to tell you something. Now, I know 13 and nothing is not big. Don't get me wrong. But a lot of times you get up in games and 
do you think, oh, we're, you know, we're, we got this one in the bag. We can cruise from here. And then you let your guard down and you start playing backups and certain positions that you wouldn't. And uh, maybe somebody, one of your key players gets hurt or a couple of them get hurt. And before you know it, you're back in the game. And, you know, it's it's like a light switch. When you turn it off and the bulb blows, it's hard to, get that sucker to come back on unless you change the bulb. So when you turn that uh, key off, it's hard to get it turned back on after the other teams had it turned on for a while and you've been coasting. So um, I, I'm not saying they did that at all. This sort of looked like to me, you know, they sort of got conservative a little bit. I thought Alabama played real conservative in the first half and I didn't like that at all. I'm I'm not a conservative kind of guy. I like to play wide open all the time. I mean if I could I'd like to score every play and I guess we all would but you know, that's uh, that's the way I like to do things and, and that but uh, you know, a tribute to one reason I like Nick Saban is what he did at halftime. He went in there, they made the adjustments they needed to make, um and come down to the end and um they uh, pulled it out. I'll say one thing. They do need to get him a field goal kicker. That guy, I, I told my wife, Jennifer, I said, this guy's going to miss it. He, he had sweat beads on his head, biggest quarter for it. Went out there and kicked it. He looked like that guy on the water boy on the, the ball when he kicked when the guy kicked off to him. So he didn't look like he was nowhere near ready to kick field goals in a, in a game like that. And I don't think he might have made one. I can't remember. But, um, you know, anyway, um, great game if you if you score Alabama, not so great if you pro Georgia. Um, but it, it was a uh, it was a great great game all the way around. Great playoff, great college college year. Um, the you know the sad part is college football is over. Uh, if you watch the NFL, it's getting ready to be over in less than a month. And uh, but. For us, that we get excited about it because that means women's football ain't far from starting, and that's what we we love around here. Uh, we've actually been practicing, um, got some new girls in there, and um, they're starting to see how we do things around here. Uh, they're looking forward to playing for us and really getting better and reaching their full potential, and you know. Just like you said, it's it's all about coaching, you know. Sure, you got to have great players. Don't get me wrong, but you got to understand each one of those players, and that was what made it great when they changed quarterback to add. You know, he knew that he knew they were going to have to open it up, and he knew if they opened it up, that other guy gave him the best choice. So, you know, that that's part of it, and. Part of it for us, like here in women's football, you don't necessarily um, get all the players you need at certain positions, and a lot of times you have to make do with what you got or make players out of others. But when you get players that actually really fit a position, you really got to work with them and coach them up and, and make sure they reach their full potential and they can be the dominant players they uh, need to be and want to be. Um, and that's, uh, you know, we, we've actually gotten players over the years from other teams and uh, that 
for whatever reason, the other teams quit or run them off, or uh, the other the teams don't have uh, organization anymore. Whatever the case may be, and every single one of them come to us, and we can't believe how much different it is. We can't believe how much different it is. And I don't think we do anything here that nobody else can't do. It's just we do the things that nobody else will do. And it doesn't matter what it, it is. My motto is whatever it takes. And, you know, if that means, um, you know, playing players positions that help us the best, even though they, uh, you might, you know, might fit somewhere else and they're a second or whatever, that's what we do. And, uh, you know, every single one of them know that we're going to make the right and best decision for them. And they don't, uh, they don't buck the system. You know, we, we got a system around here and it works and uh, we're going to keep continue to do it. And I'm sure uh, coach Oliver, he's got a system that works and, uh, you know, he he's going to stick with it, and that's the that's the way all the great coaches do. And I'm not considering myself great. He might be great. I don't. I'm not sure. We'll find out in a little bit how uh, how they like to do things. But um, you know, I, I do know this: that any time you have a team, I don't care how many players you have on that, you have to know what every single player is capable of what they can and can't do, and then when and what they can't do. I mean, in in certain games, you know, maybe the formation is different. You have to move this player to a different position or, you know, where their strong suit is versus their weak suit. And uh, so there's there's all kinds of things that, that um, make a great coach moves, I guess that's okay. But at some point, you know, there's, there's somebody behind those moves, and uh, those guys have to do their homework. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm Nick Saban gets well compensated for what he does. I mean, don't get me wrong at all. He gets really, really well compensated. Um, still, he's uh, he's probably the hardest working guy in college football. And, you know, to do what he does every year, um, and lose, not only lose players, but lose the coaches. He has, I mean, every year he has to go get a coach or two to fill in where he's lost uh, these coaches to somewhere else. And, man, that's just unheard of. And uh, so, you know, we, uh, I like to, you know, I, like I said, a few people, um, Say uh, it ain't no wonder you like Nick Saban. You're a lot like him. Well, you know what? That's a great compliment for me because I like the way he does things and handles things, and um, it's like Bill Belichick. You know, a lot of people can't stand that guy. I like that guy. I mean, he he's my favorite NFL coach. Um, has been for years. I mean, this guy. They just do the kind of stuff that I like, and I see it at our level. Week in and week out, um, these these teams just just lack the discipline from somebody. You know, they got ten people running an organization, and you to me there has to be somebody, one person that's in charge. I, I've seen organizations where these boards run them and all that, and, I, and it didn't. The one I see see the few I've seen actually none of them work. 
And uh, so, you know, that's why, um, you know, you hear Belichick might be leaving. Um, I don't know how much truth there are to that. Robert Kraft is uh, saying, I heard Red on ESPN that he's not liking Wade Milicek as coach, and I mean, I don't know what the guy's thinking. He's just the best winning percentage in the NFL, and I don't know how many years, five Super Bowls, possibly getting ready to get another one. I mean, my God, what are you looking for? Um, so, and again, you know, it, it's a, you know, it's a funny business, and, and you know, it's it's like Jerry Jones. I like Jerry Jones in a lot of ways. But he, he has too much control. I mean, it's like the coaches, you know, he has to answer to them every single move he makes, you know, and it's like a, I, I don't like it. And it's like a lot of these alumni running these college programs. They have to answer to these alumni and man, you gotta you gotta uh, let these guys go. You gotta take the leash off of them and let them either do it or do it or get rid of. Them. And, you know, that's that's why I like Mitch Saban and Bill, Bill Chick. They, over the years, they've had that free will lead. And I think they've, uh, you know, took it and ran and did a great job with it. So, you know, it's, it's tough to – I mean, it ain't tough to be in their situation. I guess it is if you're, you know, in that situation. You don't even think about the money. You just think about – recruiting and winning and what it means, those levels. But, uh, you know, I know for for us, I, all I can say is from, from my standpoint, um, and and we just have girls that play just because they love the game. Um, you know, pretty much the way a lot of high school players and these college players and stuff uh, are. They just play because they love the game or, you know, they're getting to go to college free or some of them are walk-ons or whatever. They just love the game, and that's what we got. And, you know, the the bad part for for us is we get we get these women, and I'm sure it's that way for everybody, but for us to have jobs and have careers or have kids and have careers and both, go to school, whatever, and it's, it's tough, man. It, it's tough to, to keep these girls out there year in and year out. And for these teams to keep these 50-plus rosters, man, it, it's, I don't see how they do it. I mean, I just don't see how they ever, they ever get enough players, you know, and then keep them. I mean, we're already, I think we've already lost three or four from last year, maybe going to lose another or two uh, for different reasons. And it's just crazy, you know. It's just hard to keep getting these new recruits in here and, and uh, being able to, you know, you have to work your tail off to get them up to speed and uh, ready to play. Man, it, it's a... It's tough, and I know that we're on a way smaller level than those guys, but I can relate to, you know, what they're going through minus the money they're making uh, naturally. But it's, uh, you know, for us, it's, if you, if you, I mean, I, I'm speaking of us, I'm speaking of my team, if you can come and uh, play and show up on a regular basis, you then, then you're on our team, you know. And in the college or NFL, I mean, you got to be great to be on those teams. And, you know, they just take these great players and then they mold them into their system and do things they like to do. We take people that are girls, ladies, women, however you want to say it, 
that's never even played before. Some of them don't know the difference between offense and defense, and you have to teach them everything, learn them the whole game in a short period of time and get them uh, ready to play against some team that's been playing for years. And I'll tell you what, it's tough. You know, it, it really is tough. And, uh, you know, I've I did it by myself before, and that ain't – I mean, that just – it's just about impossible. You know, now I've got three assistants, and, uh, you know, we get to break up in groups every day. And that really helps out. And uh, when you just got one coach, you, you can break up groups. So what's the other's going to do while you're helping one group? So it's it's tough. It's tough for us in women's football, and um, you know we uh, we're we're excited about it. We love the challenge. That's what keeps keeps me going every year is that drive uh, to want to get better. And you know the greatest thing for me is uh, we we don't do it for the money, uh, but the greatest thing for me is taking all these players just exactly like I said don't know anything about the game and when you go win these games or you win a championship then you can sit back and smile and look and that's that's what gratitude um, gratification we get out of and you know I think so much of the football has been taken away from that especially with the NFL you know the guy hurts his pinky finger and he's out for weeks and weeks and we got to player on our team uh, broke her pinky finger. I don't know how long ago in off-season workouts and taped it up that very day and, and went right on. So, you know, it's it's just gotten um, – I know it's a business, but at some point it's still not a game. I mean, the, they want to call it, uh, you know, Sunday NFL games. We might have to start calling it Sunday NFL businesses. Uh competing so I mean that to me it's just you know gotten way out whack and that's why that more so than ever that I love women's football and I love the the smaller um, college football and uh, things like that I just happened to uh, like Nick Saban, the reason I watched that game last night, I didn't even get to watch a lot of the playoff games. Um, but I, I like this level of football and like trying to do everything I can to help it out. And, uh, you know, we need more people on on board to help us out. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a tough gig. I mean, we're, we're trying to get women's football to the next level. And now – Whatever that next level is, I don't know, but something bigger than than what it is is here now. You know, uh, some of these girls are young. They, you know, maybe they, maybe there is uh, more out there than than just just playing for a local team. But because you like to play, you know, maybe um, some of these girls that you know grow up wanting to be a professional athlete. And it's tough for women because there's not that many uh, professional sports out there. And, uh, you know, maybe someday somebody will figure it out. I mean, with the money the dang NFL's got and all these owners got, uh, they've already lost about $65 million this year to that dang protest. Just think of what kind of women's pro organization they could fund with $65 million. Um, so... 
you know, maybe um, people like myself and uh, other coaches that want to get better and their team get better and want to see their girls get to the next level, um, all that, maybe they can, you know, maybe there is something there. Um, you know, I was just talking to one of our newer players today, definitely not a rookie, uh, uh this uh, six, I think she's been playing six years, and uh, she, uh, you know, was telling me I, I want to really, you know, get to my full potential. I don't know how many years I got left, so you know, and that's that's what that's what I'm talking about. So um, I'm ready to see what we can do. All right, let's see. I think we got uh, Coach Alder and uh, Peyton Custer on the line. Hello, y'all. Hey, welcome to welcome to the fifth quarter with Coach Johnson. Appreciate y'all calling in, being on the show. Thanks for having us. I got to start by saying, Coach, uh, it, it's pretty great that you've got a show dedicated to women's football. I think it's uh, it's absolutely fantastic. Well, I'll tell you, man, I, I appreciate it. We uh, we work hard at it, trying to uh, trying to get this thing promoted, you know, and uh, it's tough. I don't know how it is over there in Canada, um, but, uh, you know, definitely here in the United States, there's, well, I think there's like a hundred some teams, and, and exactly where we live is a small area. So um, it's tough, but uh, I'll tell you what, we, uh, we're, I'm, like I said just a minute ago, I'm bound to do whatever I can to get it to the next level I can do, you know, naturally I can't do it by myself, but, uh, you know, maybe we keep on, there's enough people to get on board to help us out. Yeah, I mean, so, for us in Canada, you know, we, uh, we we definitely don't have as many teams as you do in the States, so we go through the same struggles, you know. Um, our country is, is, is pretty wide in, in, in space, so traveling from city to city, you know, we, we have some restrictions, at times, it becomes difficult as well to create big conferences because we, we frankly just don't have that many teams in the same area. So we have 13 teams, you know, of adult women's tackle football across the country. Um, that's not a lot of teams for, for the geography, you know, or the, or the landscape we have. So it does pose some challenges for us as well. So y'all have how many teams are in the league that you guys play in? So in Western Canada, which, you know, our province just north of Montana and North Dakota, uh, we have eight teams in our, in our conference, or in our league, I should say. Uh, it's called oh, the okay. Western Canadian Football League. Oh, okay. Now, how many, how, many, uh, how many players do you actually have on the roster? Well, uh, our roster size will vary from year to year. Um, last year we had a roster of 55 players. Uh, we don't all necessarily travel or dress everybody, um, but uh, but our roster, you know, with a roster of that size, it allows us to, to, to have some decent practice structure that we can, you know, practice against a scout defense or a scout offense, which is pretty good. I know some teams in the country don't necessarily have the luxury of having a, a roster of that size, and, and, and they're a little bit limited in what they can do during their practice. Right. Well, that's that's what we're you know we're up against here uh, now. Now, in the 
does all the teams in that uh, league that you're in, is it, is it one division or do, do they have different divisions or how do they break that up? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, so our, our league is uh, is composed of two divisions. Um, the Western division has, has four teams and the Eastern division has four teams. Uh, we don't see each other until we, we reach the playoffs. So we'll play our own division, uh, you know, m- you know, obviously more often than the other one. We'll only play someone from the other, other division, if you will, once a year. Uh, one of the big reasons is because of travel costs, right? We're trying to be, to be uh, smart how we manage our teams and our league financially. Uh, obviously another challenge in, in women's sport in general, but, but especially in women's football where it's a, it's a young sport, right? That's just starting and growing. So uh, we play locally as much as we can until we get to the playoffs. Yes, sir. Now, how does, uh, does every team that, that you play or that y'all play, will they have 55 players or will they have less or more or, or how does that work? Yeah, that's a good question, Coach. Uh, it ranges a bit. Um, we're probably towards the, the larger roster sizes. Um, maybe the smallest in our division, if, if I recall correctly, might be around 40. Uh, so between 40 and 60, probably most teams, that's what they carry. All right. Well, that's that's, that's still a pretty good number. Uh, now, how, how far are you speaking of travel? I know it's spread out. Uh, wide open country out there, and you talk about traveling, trying to travel close. What is what is your closest and farthest game away that you play? So in our conference, uh, we can drive two hours north and play our rival team who are who are in our province, uh, or we can play. There's two other teams that are roughly a six hour bus ride for us. Uh, that would be the furthest opponents we have in our conference. Uh, when it comes to interconference play during the playoffs, um, we could conceivably play a team that's as far as a 10-hour drive. Um, so that would be the maximum. Right. Well, now see right here in the, in our league, we got uh, well right now. I think we got 12 teams in the league, and uh, the closest one, the closest team to me is 250 miles. Um, and the farthest team away is 1,100 miles. So, um, you know, it's – I know there's a, there's three different leagues over here, and um, one league has a bunch of the teams, and uh, uh, they're, they're spread out more out west and, and really up east. There's a few around where we live, but directly in our league, we're, you know, about every game – that I'm gonna play this year is gonna be um away is, is gonna be four hundred to to six hundred and fifty miles. So that I play away. So that's pretty good pretty good haul too, you know. Yeah, I guess I didn't realize how fortunate we are because because that is quite quite the uh, the commitment on your side and then from time and I assume that includes hotel nights at times if that's if that's a long haul. Um, I guess we, we get to save those costs once in a while when we play locally. Right. Well, yeah. They on the you know on the four hundred mile trips we can uh, we can leave early that morning and and play and then get back late that night. But you know other than that it it's, it gets to be where you gotta you know play overnight. 
Um, the the biggest thing, like the the league we're in, of course, is the USWFL, and uh, um, we we have two divisions in that league, and there's you know the division three is 25 players and under, and then division two is 26 to 40, and uh, you know we'll play like probably the first game my team's gonna play. We have like. Right now, I think we only got like 19 players. Um, last year, we only finished the, the whole year with 18 players. Uh, ended up winning the championship in the, the Division Three, and uh, so. But we're, we will probably cross those lines. Each team from from the Division Three is going to cross those lines and play a Division Two team. You know that has over the 20, 25 players. So, um, and we're, you know, we're trying to, we knew that, and, you know, on behalf of keeping travel down, uh, plus, you know, it, I think myself it's better to, you know, to play up sometimes. Yeah, and I mean, uh, you know, for us with 18 players, we, we wouldn't be able to survive. I, I guess we, we've got a, a different luxury. I, I don't know how you do it, Coach, so I, I applaud you. I'm sure you've got some challenges that that um, I'm more fortunate I don't have to deal with, um, with with our the luxury we have with our roster side. But you know, even in our game is a bit different too, right? We uh, we play Canadian football up here, so we need an extra player on the field to start with. So even with with 18, we'd be left with six on the bench. I know it's not a big difference, but um, in our world, uh, the the bigger the roster, the better I feel as a coach, I suppose. Oh yeah, no doubt. Well, that's another question I was going to ask you: is is uh, how how different are the rules versus uh, how we play here? Now, do y'all play the same rules as the Canadian men play up there? Yeah, we do, and and I'll I'll introduce you to uh, to one of our corners here, uh, Peyton Custer, and she'll she'll dig into some of the rules here, and I'll jump in as well. But uh, I'll let Peyton uh, answer some of those questions. Yeah, so probably uh, one of the biggest and um, most well-known differences is that here in uh, Canadian Football League, we have three downs instead of four. It's a bit quicker there. Um, as well, our field of play is a bit bigger. So we have 110 yards plus 40 yards of end zone. So a total of 150 yards. And I believe you guys play on a 120-yard field, if I'm correct there. Um, another big difference is um, in terms of like our field goals, like the uprights. Those are on the inside of the field of play. And then there's also there's not a fair catch rule. So those would be probably the top and main differences between the two leagues there. Yeah, yeah I've watched. Well, Coach, I was just going to say, I'll add to that a bit. You know, Payne talks about the size of the field. Um, one of the big differences in Canadian football, which, which I believe, and you'll correct me if I'm wrong here, but uh, versus the American game is that we really dictate everything we do offensively and defensively based on which hash the ball is on. Um, because our field is wider than yours, substantially wider, ours is 65 yards wide, when we have the ball on the left hash, um, we literally have an entire American football field on our right and a very small one on our left. So as you can imagine, the amount of space becomes very different. So when you, you talk about you know passing concepts or – some of your, your run game stuff, especially in, in the maybe the, the toss or the sweeps or the, the jet sweep kind of game, uh, you always want to go – well, you don't always want to go, but you often go where there's more field when you have a chance to play a little bit faster and you've got room. So 
our game is very lateral compared to yours uh, from that sense. Yeah, I've watched, I've watched a lot of – well, I actually like to watch uh, the Canadian League. Uh, men play up there, I guess, the professional league. Um, I really uh, – I like to watch uh, how they – New York receivers – uh, take off and can be moving forward when the ball snaps like theirs. Yeah, I mean, if you're an offensive coach, I think you want to move it to Canada and coach a team here. And the reason why I say that jokingly is uh, we have quite the advantage on offense compared to American football because we, we can, we're allowed in limited shifts and motions. Uh, we can move five players, six players at once, uh, making it very difficult for the defense to deal with that. Um, you know, you, you, we can look at doing a, a jet sweep motion and we can have two players doing the jet, we, jet sweep motion from left to right and maybe a player starting from the right orbiting behind the quarterback going right to left uh, all at once. So your defensive backs and linebackers and safety have a lot of communication to do real fast uh, if they want to stay, you know, with their assignments. So we, we get a chance to really put the defense on the bind with movement. And it's probably one of the biggest, coaching differences i'd say and 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 um and I, I don't know how defensive corners do it up here i'm i'm, I'm on the offensive side of the ball and and uh, i feel like it's so difficult on defense now to deal with all these motions and these movements and it it definitely creates more opportunity for the offense to move the ball but again we need it because we only have three downs right uh in your game you play with four and, and maybe a run for three or four yards is good but for us, if we run the ball for three yards, uh, we're basically looking at what you would call a third and seven right away because uh, we, we don't have, you know, we lose one down. Yeah, I, I like uh, uh, I like the way they play up there. Uh, now, you know, a lot of teams over here in, in women's football, um, not not so mine, but a lot of them, they play that three yards in a cloud of dust is what I call it, you know, kind of deal. Matter of fact, the first women's game I ever seen, um, my wife played on in Chattanooga when she first started to play. They never, I think they only threw it like two times all year. They run it every time, and that was their goal if they picked up three or four yards every play. Excuse me, that they were going to pick up the first down, but as soon as the penalty came along, then they were in trouble. And uh, you know, that I mean, I, I like to throw the ball. I, I mean, I'm an offensive kind of. Well, I guess I'm a both offensive and defensive kind of guy. But uh, you know, we 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 average probably. I don't know. We probably average forty points score in a game, and only allowed. 10 or 12 on the average all year. So, um, we, you know, we, I can, I can probably, if I had the players, I, I think I'd really like it up there. Well, you know, it is enjoyable to coach. Um, just the freedom of, of play callings and formations and all the wacky stuff we can do, uh, it's a ton of fun. You, you really can get creative and, and, and push the boundaries. Um, so that's good. So your comment on, on running the ball, um, you know, is a fair one. Um, up here uh, in our professional league as well, I'd like to think we're, we're more pass-oriented. And, I mean, we need to get 10 yards and basically two downs. After that, we punt. So, so we've got reasons to go ahead and pass on first down much more than in the American game. So in our league, and I think the, the lower the level of football, maybe the, the more runs are, there is simply because of the skill level. 
Um, and that probably is similar in the States. Um, but, but even in our league, we look at our team for, for two years in a row now. We, we are proud to say, or I don't know if I should say proud, but we can say we look at our statistics that we're, we're pretty much 50-50 between run and pass. Um, which in Canadian football would be almost run-oriented. <laughs> Most teams, especially the professional level, they'll be more like 66%, even 75% passing. Uh, so definitely a big difference in the game. Yeah. Now, um, they – so you've got to – is it still 10 yards to get a first down, even though it's three down, or, or is it more than that? It, it, it's 10 yards, so we'll follow the same uh, rules with regards to distance. The only difference is the down, um, so so we only get three shots at it. Uh, one thing that does happen quite often in our game, however, is that uh, coaches like to go for it on third down, um, and it's because the kicking game is different. It's it's also and I'll and I'll um, you know I hope I don't confuse everybody listening at this point, but. Uh, there's so many rule differences, but one, one that I'll mention right away, uh, our line of scrimmage between the offense and the defense, uh, the defenders have to give a full yard. They, they can't come in that neutral zone at all. Um, so when it's third and one or third and inches for us, uh, we almost always in our game go ahead and quarterback sneak it or run a quick run right up the middle because getting that yard or that half yard is much easier in our game than in yours because we have a full yard distance between the defensive line and the offensive line. It'd be a penalty if the D-line lined up basically nose-to-nose with our O-line. So we get that advantage on offense. So that third down, we, you know, you, you kind of know you can go for it if it's third and one or less, uh, definitely more often than in the American game. But, but also in our kicking game, uh, the risk of punting in Canada is, is, a, is a higher risk than in the States, and, and it's, a fair, it's a simple reason. Um, we don't we don't have the ability, or returners don't have the ability of fair catch. Um, that might sound like a disadvantage for the returner, but there's an additional rule in Canadian football that says uh, when the ball is punted, the returner is allowed to catch the ball unobstructed. As a matter of fact, he's allowed or she's allowed a five-yard halo uh, where no players of the punt team can come. And what what the result is is that in our Canadian game, there's much more punt return yards. Uh, you get someone who on every single punt is unobstructed to catch the ball and has a five-yard shield, if you will. Uh, so when you punt the ball, you got to be ready that you're probably going to give up five yards at least on the return. Uh, any team who, who I, would, I would think who, who averages, you know, a, a punt returns of, of seven yards or less, they're, they're probably pretty happy with their punt team. While in American football, you're probably trying to sky punt that thing for a fair catch, and you're pretty much guaranteed, you know, your punter's leg or distance. Uh, so it's a bit different that way, too. So we like to gamble a bit more on third down, which I think keeps the game quite excited, at, at least from a, an offensive corner's point of view. Yeah, I mean, I, oh, we, my team, we don't punt very much at all, period. I, they're just, you know, so much things and bad things can happen on special teams. You know, we don't get – I don't know about you guys, but we don't get to practice very much uh, here. And, uh, you know, like I say, we got – I mean, we don't have very many girls at all. And especially if uh, uh, they – you know, by – you talking about by playing 12 players, I understand you how nervous you'd be because – uh, playing on that bigger field with that many players, playing wide open all the time, 
you got to be in that much better shape and uh, be able to really have a lot of depth, I would think. So, um, you know, we we and I can imagine you what kind of really good quarterbacks you have to have and uh, uh, to be able to throw it all the time. I do have uh, somebody sent in a question here to the show, wanting to know how hard is it to just when you're a team a team in Canada if when they play in the world games and maybe play over here in the States. That that is such a good question. Um you know, I had the pleasure of being on the on the national staff for the for the past two world championships and I and I gotta tell you, it takes quite the time for our athletes and us coaches, myself included, to adjust to the rule differences. Uh, we get so used to playing the way we do, uh, even simple stuff. You know, I, I've coached receivers for a number of years. We don't put a lot of emphasis on being necessarily perfectly lined up, not moving, because we're always using motion as receivers. So it's not something we teach or we're used to. Um, so it really changes, um, you know, basically what we focus on, especially that first week of training camp as, as a national team. Um, we're basically talking about rules over and over again and making sure we're not going to get penalties for, you know, illegal shift or movements. Um, so it takes it takes our focus away perhaps from other things, which which can cause quite the challenge. So it is it's something that, that definitely is a disadvantage to us. I, I've always I always I mean we we hosted the the World Championships in Canada uh, last summer and, and I and I wished we played Canadian football rules a because it'd be a great advantage to us. Uh, but B, also to to show the, the other, other countries as well that, that we have a different game that's kind of fun and exciting. But that's a great question, and it poses a, a pretty big challenge. Uh, we thankfully can rely on uh, on one group of players. So we have a province of Quebec. Uh, there's a team by the name of the Montreal Blitz who, who plays in the American League, I believe in the second division, if I'm, if I'm correct. Uh, and they play American rules. Yes, sir, they do. League, so... Uh, they at least their players, and, and they have a, a lot of uh, very talented players and coaches who who's been on the teams in the years past. Uh, at least they bring a bit of of that experience, uh, and they can share that with the other athletes and other coaches. So that that's a big help for us. Um, but again, we're talking about you know ten players coming in and helping us out. Uh, there's definitely a disadvantage for us, but but it's fun, you know. Uh, we enjoy it, and, and most of us coaches and players, we watch American football, whether it's NCAA or, or whether it's NFL. Uh, we have a pretty good idea of how the game works. We just have to, to kind of change our mentality when we head into the tournament and, and remember there's, there's some big differences. Yes, sir. Now, now if Canada hosted that, that, those games, why, why didn't they play by y'all's rules? Uh, it's not a question that, that I have the answer to. I, I would assume that it has something to do with, with the international body, right, who, who regulates the game of American football, uh, and we're just thankful we get a chance to play in it. You know, we're the only ones who have this, this different set of rules, and as much as we'd love everybody to, to do it like we do, uh, we're, we're thankful we can participate in that championship, and, of course, we're willing to, to change how we play to make sure we can be part of it. I mean, it's such a good experience for, for everybody, you know, all our athletes and our coaches in our country, so... Um, I, I'm, I'm just going to go ahead with that assumption that it's the international body who, who governs it all, who says these are the set of rules that, that we work with in our world championships and, and that we we adhere to them. Right. I, I understand that. But, you know, um, and I'm not – look, I, I'm not taking no jab at anybody. But, you know, I think this year is the first time the U.S. 
uh, women's team has been, even been scored on. And playing U.S. rules with the dominant team, like we've seen over here, wherever they've been all these years, and playing by rules in another uh, country seems to be like a real big advantage, you know, uh, to the U.S. when they're already the powerhouse. Well, of course, there's no doubt that the American, well, A, the, the population of women athletes in the States versus the population of women athletes in our country, uh, on top of the fact that there's there's more popularity in American football than Canadian. You know, those are already two big advantages, I think, for the States. But there, there's no question. If I revisit that championship game at the World, at the world Championships, uh, the American team were, were stronger, faster, better. Uh, and, and I think uh, we, we made strides in terms of, of, yes, scoring a touchdown and a field goal, and we got, we got a, well, we scored, we scored two touchdowns and put up 17 points. And, and, of course, we're happy and proud for that. But we still have a long way to go before um, before saying that we're, we're competitive and ready. I think we expected more out of ourselves as a, as a team, and and uh, but there, there's no question. We we got to say you know hats off to the American program. Um, really, really impressive set of athletes, and, and what what they could do was was uh, it was something. But uh, but it's fun as well, you know, to get a chance to compete and measure yourself against the absolute best. I mean, there's nothing else we can ask for. It gives us an idea of where we stand and, and what's the next steps for us. All right. Well, let me – I've got a few questions I wrote down here that I wanted to ask you. Um, I know that – if I'm correct me if I'm wrong, you, you did coach uh, some kind of college football before you started coaching women's. Yeah, that, that is correct. Uh, I coach at a, a small university, uh, Mount Allison University in the East Coast, just north of, of Maine. Um, in, in Canadian football at the university level, the college level, there's only one league. Uh, the NCAA, of course, has different tiers, uh, but we only have one. So all the universities who have a program, they all compete in the same one. Uh, I was fortunate enough, and, and I'll say fortunate, and, and some people might, might chuckle a bit here, but um, to coach in the smallest program. Uh, we had the smallest uh, population of students, a very, very small school. Uh, it created great challenges for us, but it forced us to be very innovative in how we did things. Uh, and um, for a young coach, for me at the time, it was one of my first coaching experiences. Uh, I tell you what, there's no better place to learn than when it's, it's all odds against you and you have to do things differently and, and really think about are you maximizing your time, you know, both recruiting and, and how we had our practices and what we did. And, uh, and it's great because I've had the chance to apply those principles with our women's team here in Saskatchewan because we have very similar challenges. Um, and it, and it's, been, uh, it's been to our advantage, I believe. So it's been a lot of fun, a great experience. Well, what what got you into coaching women's football? I mean, um, I mean, I, I, my brother um, coached uh, football for years, long before I ever even started coaching uh, this women's team, and he coached several guys that had played University of Tennessee and D one schools, and and uh, in the NFL and all that. And you know, just by being around him and being around those guys. The women's game, at least here, uh, is so much different than the men's game. I mean, I know it's the same game, but, you know, by the athletes you're talking and the things you have to do is so much different. Uh, what led you into wanting to coach these women? 
You know, that, that's a great question, Coach. Uh, it's my sixth year being associated with a program or another in women's football. And, and um, for me, I never really looked at it as I'm making a decision to coach women's football. For me, it's always just been I'm making the decision to coach. Uh, and, and football is a sport I love, so, so it's obvious that that's, that's the one I would choose. Uh, when, I, when I got to, to Regina, Saskatchewan, to our team here with the Regina Riot, and there was an opportunity to join the staff, I just said, you mean I've got a chance to come out coach some athletes who want to get better and learn about the game, uh, to me, there's no difference. Uh, from that point of view, I was just like, hey, yeah, I'll come coach. Uh, I, don't, I don't care if I'm coaching women's football, men's football, kids' football, professional football. Uh, if you give me a, a group of, uh, you know, 12 dogs who say I want to learn play football and they do their absolute best, I'll coach them. Uh, I, I don't really care at the end of the day. If you get a, a bunch of athletes, people who want to get better, uh, who have a passion for the game, who understand, you know, team chemistry and team culture and, and all those things and want to be part of it, uh, I'll coach it. So, so for me, it's been, um, it's been a blast. And it, and it really – I'm sorry I'm not really answering your question of why I moved to women's football, but I, I, just, I just see it as I'm coaching football. I, I don't see a, a real big difference, um, you know, between the, the genders. Um, to me, it's just it's just a, a a whole lot of fun to have a chance to coach and 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 to grow with with other people around me. Well, I'll tell you. I mean, I I obviously don't know you and, and haven't met you, but I, I can tell by the way you talk that you have a passion for the game in general and especially the women's game. And we sure need a lot more coaches and people in the in women's football like yourself. And uh, um, I, I really appreciate it. And uh, uh, I want to ask Peyton some uh, questions here, if she's still on there. Yeah, for sure. Uh, how many How many years have you been playing? If I'm understood correctly, you used to play rugby. I do. Yeah, I'm actually um, I'm finishing up my last year for rugby at the University of Regina here, and then I just finished my second year with the Regina Riot. Okay. Now, was you the MVP of the league or the MVP of the championship game? Of uh, the championship game, yeah. Well, why are you laughing? That's a pretty good compliment, I would think. Um, to be, you know, to win a to win a national championship and be the MVP—that's quite accomplishment. Yeah, it was a pretty, uh, pretty unreal experience. It was. Uh, such a great game and great group of girls to win it with. So uh, it was very surreal in my mind. You know, I'll jump in. Payton's being quite humble. Uh, as a second-year player and, and as a first-year player playing her, her position of defensive back, she, she transitioned from receiver to defensive back this past season, uh, took tremendous strides and really helped us out. Uh, Peyton carried our team flag, you know, at the game, at the championship game. And uh, if I remember correctly, returned two punt returns for touchdowns. And, and really set the tone early in the game, and, and basically we ran away with it after that. So uh, game championship for sure, uh, league championship, I'm sure some people would vote that way as well. So she's being quite humble. Well, that's usually uh, how the great ones are. I, I know I've got a few of them on my team, and you can't hardly get them to even uh, answer you sometimes. They're so humble, and, and I like that. I, I really do. I appreciate players and, and girls like yourself. Now, he just answered one of my questions, what, what position you play, but what, what got you into playing football versus rugby? 
Um, well, when I was younger, um, I was always involved in um, the touch football teams here in Saskatchewan, the flag football teams. But once I hit um, about grade nine, there was no opportunity to play football past that point. It's changed a bit now. There's a lot more leagues. But um, at that time, so I was done with football once I hit grade nine. I was kind of, you know, disappointed about that. Obviously, I had a big passion and a big uh, love for that game. But then that's when uh, I got into rugby. So I carried rugby throughout high school and then up in university, um, I had met a few girls who had brought up to me about the Regina Riot team. They're like, why don't you come out? Like, it's a elite, like, football, tackle football for women's team, blah, blah, blah. So I was like, you know what? Yeah, like, this is the opportunity I've been waiting for. I, I definitely would love to go elite with the sport, especially to be able to play tackle um, as a woman athlete is um, a more rare opportunity. So, like I said, that opportunity just came up, and I took it, and uh, I'm very, very happy that I did. Yeah, I've actually I've got a player, a couple of players on my team that have played rugby, and I don't know how long they've played or or anything like that, but they have have played some rugby. Um, now I know it said you just been you just been playing two years, I think. How how have you seen uh, the sport of women's tackle football grow in those couple of years? Um, well, I think one of the biggest things is that um, we have a pretty strong, um, fairly well-known program here. And I know um, since Regina Riot, we have girls as young as 16 and as old as, I think, 40, roughly, 39, 40-ish on our team. Um, so that's uh, another element that kind of sets us apart. So what's really neat and beneficial about that is that um, this team draws in a variety of athletes from different backgrounds. So we have girls playing our team who um, – not only we're rugby players, but we're basketball players, hockey players, handball. You know, we just have this big diversity of athletes. And typically, um, an, your only chance to compete elite is in university. So once university is done, lots of these um, elite athletes don't have a place to go. But now that we have their Gina Riot program and it's quite established, um, they've been really drawn to our team and our, um, the way we're running things. So in that sense, that really helps our team grow and has heightened up our level of competition and just the ways we practice. Well, that that's great, and uh, we we range from uh, on my team we have them from sixteen to I think thirty six or so as well. So I I can relate to that, and uh, we actually have a player on our team from Canada. Um, she played hockey too, and she's actually one of the pound for pound she's probably the toughest player on the team, you know, and uh, she weighs about. Well, I'm yes, interrupt you. You got to send her back. <laughs> <laughs> no, man. She she's playing in her coming into her second year, and and uh, she came and and uh, she uh, didn't know anything about the game, and uh, but I'm telling you right off the bat, she was just tough. You know, I'm talking about she played with the high ankle sprain and four broke ribs most of the year, you know. And like I said earlier, you know, it's become now in the NFL, they hurt their finger. They're out for the oh, two or three weeks, you know. So for these girls to, to play the sport that they love, to to have the passion for it, to give everything they've got, um, you know, my, it's just a great attribute to to them and, and, and where we're headed in women's football. It don't matter to me what country you live in or where you play. Um, you know, you're out there playing and giving a hundred percent and, and that's what I that's what I like and enjoy.
So, so, Peyton, what what what's yeah. some of your goals for this coming year? Um, I think some of my goals are uh, definitely, like uh, Olivier mentioned, this is my first year uh, moving to the defensive side of the ball. So um, I really want to continue to um, pursue as um, as a corner. And, you know, I think there's always room to grow, and especially with that being my rookie year of a corner. Um, it was a really good learning experience, and, you know, new things are coming at you right away. So now that I can reflect upon that, um, I definitely have more specific goals and different, like, techniques and styles and just ways to improve my personal game but also um, my overall understanding of the defense as a whole um, has definitely improved, and that's something I want to continue to work on now is not just on my individual position, but how um, my position, I guess, relates to all the other positions. Now, when, when is y'all season uh, officially get started, kickoff date? Like, when is y'all's first game? The beginning of May is when we usually start. Okay. Yeah, our first game is is March the 31st here, and uh, we'll actually the championship that uh, the league we're in will host will be uh, July the 14th and 15th that weekend. Uh, I do have a question. Somebody sent into the show here uh, for you, Peyton. It says what difference is playing rugby and football? Is rugby uh, what's the difference? And is rugby do they have their own uh, Canadian rules? And that's a question by Sandy. Uh, she's a avid listener of the show. Um, so she's wanting to know what the difference between rugby and football are and if rugby has its Canadian rules too, like the football does. Yeah, um, so um, there are different rules based on uh, what type of rugby you play. It's not necessarily Canadian and American broke up like football is here. It's um, there's a rugby league union which uh, talks about 15s rugby, and then there's um, sorry, there's the rugby league, and then the rugby union, which is another 15 style, and then there's something called rugby sevens. Um, so depending on which of those three uh, types of rugby you play, the rules are the same. So that um, all three are usually played in all the all the different um, continents around the world, and so based on what group you're in, you'll follow those leagues no matter those rules to that league no matter where you are if that makes sense. And then um, in terms of rugby and football, well, one of the biggest um, similarities about the two is that they're really high contact, um, quite physical games. Um, I say one of the biggest differences is that in football, um, after every play, you're stopping, right? Um, as soon as the tackle's made, the play's over, you get, there's a bit of reset, and you go again. In rugby, that doesn't exist. It's constant, um, constant go, go, go. You only stop if there's a penalty or someone scores, really. So in that sense, um, in rugby, you got, you're constantly playing offense and defense, and your awareness, um, it's a much higher pace that, to say. Um, but in terms of football, um, it's way more technical, and there's really set plays that you follow each time. And although plays do exist in rugby, it's not nearly to the, uh, the same level as football. Okay. Well, uh, that that's... That's a pretty good question. So like I say, that's an avid listener. She sends in a lot of questions, and uh, thank you for answering it. But before y'all go, I do really appreciate y'all both taking the time to, to be on the show. And, uh, you know, we we really did start this show just for women's football, and that's basically 
Um, all we talk about on here, I do fill in with some college football at times, and we follow uh, my brother coaches uh, middle school basketball now, and my nephews play, and we follow them sometimes. But um, women football is, is our passion around here, and, and uh, you know, we – we really love it, and, you know, I really appreciate y'all coming on and taking the time. But I did have one more question for Coach. Um, <clears throat> I know y'all throw it a lot. How how good is your quarterbacks? What kind of completion percentage do y'all have? That's a great question. Uh, we uh, we tried stretching the, the field vertically a bit more this year, so – our completion percentage was a bit lower this year than last, but we'll be uh, – we finished the year at 57%, and last year we're at 62%. Um, so, you know, I'll say 60% is our completion rate. Uh, obviously, we're, we're, we got higher completion rate with our quick passing game and our quick screens, those kind of things. Uh, but, but we have a strong arm QB, so, so the, the opportunity to stretch out the field, whether we complete that pass or not, uh, it really forces defense to play a lot of cover three or cover four, uh, and then it, it gives us opportunities elsewhere. So we like to we like to do that a bit more. Um, our quarterback was a starter for the national team, so she's as good as it comes when it comes to, to football in our country. Uh, she's a vet, and she's been with the team since day one. She she actually uh, her name is Amy Kowalski. Uh, she's actually one of the of the ladies here who started the team uh, back before we had a program. So that put the time in in the community to, to recruit some people, some coaches, some players, some sponsors. Uh, to put things together, and she's been there from the beginning. So uh, a key key player for us, and, and obviously like most offenses, your, your quarterback, you know, you, you'll go as far as your quarterback can take you, and, and she's no expe- exception to that, and, and maybe it's a reflection of why we've been so successful the last two, three seasons. Right. Well, that's what I was going to ask you is, is um, now how – I mean, here you call uh, throwing a deep ball, you call 40 yards uh, over here in women's football. If you, you got a quarterback can connect on a 40-yarder, that's that's what I call throwing it deep. Now, how many times, uh, I guess, well, how many times a game would y'all average throwing over 40 yards? Uh, you know, it really depends on the game, uh, the amount of shots we'll take. Um, I really call them shots because I, I don't know that, again, our completion percentage is not great on, on those deep balls, but she's got a rocket arm. She really does. Um, it, it's her number one strength is, is her arm strength. So so we go ahead and take those chances, and, and 40 yards is, is about what we'll try to hit. Um, but, again, with, with the game and how different it is between American and Canadian, you know, 40 yards on the boundary side, on the small side of the field, uh, to do that on the field side would require you to chuck the ball about 70. <laughs> so it, it's, uh, it's interesting that way, too, how different it is. But, uh, you know, we can complete a, a five-yard, you know, hook route on the field side, and that's, that's a 30-yard throw uh, in a funny way. So we're fortunate enough to have a quarterback who can throw the ball on the field side, on the wide side of the field, which is uncommon in our league. Uh, so it really uh, allows us to do a lot more with our offense. Right. Well, that's, um, you know, I agree. Having, I mean, theoretically, it's great when I ain't going to – it's hard to say this, but, you know, when you're one of your best players, I'll put it that way, is your quarterback. It's always – it always seems to work out that way. It don't necessarily mean it has to be, but it sure helps. Um, but uh, uh, maybe sometime I can get up there 
and uh, watch y'all play. I, I, I love women's football in general, and uh, I like watching the Canadian Football League because the rules and stuff are so much different, and uh, I like playing wide open style. That's the way I like to uh, play. So uh, maybe sometime I can get up there and watch y'all play. Um, uh, but I really – I. I can't thank you enough for y'all both taking the time to call in tonight and talk about uh, y'all's game uh, versus the game over here. And uh, congratulations on your championship and good luck for this year. Well, coach, the feeling is mutual. We're, we're really appreciative and, and continue the hard work you're doing to to promote the game uh, and, and of course with your local team as well. Best of luck in your in your upcoming games and seasons and. Uh, Payton and I will we'll keep an eye out and, and we'll uh, we'll stay tuned with, with your show and as well as with your team. So best of luck, Coach, and, and thanks a lot again for having us. Yes, sir. I thank both of you. Y'all have a good night. You too. Thank you. Thank you. Uh-huh. Thank you. All right, everybody. That was uh, Coach Oliver and Peyton Custer from the Regina Wright. Um, national champions in in their league in Canada. Um, we got a, a good rundown of what the uh, rule differences are there versus here. And uh, I, I I thought they were. I didn't think they. Uh, not that I'd ever seen it, but I just knew that uh, in Canada that they played in the, at the professional level that they played different rules, and I, I thought they might have. So. Yeah, I'd imagine they have to have quite a few players because um, they're they're high high uh, running a lot and high high percentage uh, or low downs. You know, they only get three three downs to pick up the yards and the wider field and longer field and uh, that kind of stuff. So you know, hey, that's, that's great. That's, I'm glad they called in. I, I like. Uh, talking like that and uh, you know like I say we can't talk enough about um, women's football here and um, the the direction that we want to head and you know that right there just goes to show you that um, you know what, what we're trying to do here is, is get people on board no matter that it's women. You know, you heard that the excitement in that coach's voice uh, talking about he coaches a uh, small college or whatever, and then he, he just loves coaching. You know, got a great opportunity to coach these women and, and took it and ran and, and is in love with it. And that's, you know, that's what we're missing over here. Um, you know, a lot of, a lot of people, um, especially around our area, here, they think women's football, you know, they say, oh, well, you, you know, they don't know this, they don't know that well. You know what, I challenge them all uh, to come and to come and watch a game. Uh, now, naturally, if you think you're going to see a game like you've seen last night, then you just well stay at home because these girls are not that big, they're not that fast, and they're not that strong, and there's not that many of them. So, naturally, you're not going to see a game that you've seen between Georgia and Alabama, but you will see, I promise you, if you're coming to play my team, you will see a good physical game. I can guarantee you that. And uh, they're going to they're gonna get after you. So, uh, you know, I, I want to challenge anybody that's listening and uh, all that to uh, come and watch the game. Uh, all right, before we get off of here, 
Uh, I've got a couple questions here I need to answer. Um, one of them pertains to the game from last night. Is would you have benched your starting quarterback last night at the end of the second quarter uh, when they have a record of 22 wins and two losses? Well, that's that's a hard question because first of all. We we only have one or two quarterbacks, and right, you know, it's a different situation because not only did they have that guy, they probably got a third string guy that could go start for most any team. So, you know, if, I, if I'm in that situation, I'll put it to you that if I'm in that situation, I'd like to think I would would make that call. Um, now, you know, last year. We were in a situation where our quarterback had um, hurt her arm and got banged up, and um, you know we we have we don't have as many players, and she had to play both ways most of the game, which I I don't like the quarterback uh, when you only have one, and we only had one most of the year. I mean, we took another girl and and uh, played her quarterback. She usually don't play there. She can do a great job, but we were prepared that. If something happened during that game, if her arm got hurt or uh, got to hurt her or she couldn't go or, or whatever or wasn't uh, up to speed to run her offense, at any point in time that we struggled, we were ready. And you know what? I had the, the girl that was going to play quarterback. We talked to her said, hey, you know, as long as she can go, as long as everything's going as planned, we're going to stay with her. But at any point in time, she can't go or she's hurt or, you know, we get to where we can't move the ball or run off officially, uh, you know, you're you're in there. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, if, if I would like to think that I would because, you know, <laughs> that was the most important game they played last year last night all year long and each game is just that important but that just happened to be the last one so I mean any game you know I feel like this question could could be answered in any game because I want to win every game uh I think I think that's what everybody's goal should be is to win every game and I think you got to approach that uh just like it is the uh, the last game, and if you do, I think you'll have more success than if not. So, yeah, I'd like to think that I would would make the decision to help my team uh, win the game. Um, the next question is, uh, when will the USWFL start their season? Um, we actually have uh, an inaugural kickoff classic scheduled for March the 31st. Uh, we're going to have four games that day, eight teams. Uh, we're going to start it at 10, have a game at 10, a game at 1, a game at 4, and a game at 7. Um, I don't know. I can't um, say just yet who's playing who in those games. Uh, we haven't released a uh, schedule yet. We're, we're on the verge of that. Um, but uh, I can I can tell you this. We're, we're looking for great things in the USWFL this year. We're we're really excited. Uh we you know, we worked hard at, at trying to turn this uh thing around and go to the next 
uh, level with the league as far as getting good solid teams and what we uh, want to get from those teams and what we expect. And uh, um, I'm hoping, you know, that we turn that corner. Uh, only time will tell. I mean, it's early yet. Uh, I know every league, even though some have 65 teams or whatever, they also have teams in those leagues that struggle. Uh, it's not always, um, you know, a box of chocolates, I guess you could say. So there's going to be struggles with any of it. I mean, we're trying our best to limit as many struggles as we can. We want to pull off a great season here. Um and, uh, you know, have great games all the way across. Uh, I think with with the scheduling, you know, like I said earlier when I was talking to Coach Oliver there, uh, we have to travel, uh, you know, and, and there's everybody's going to seem to be traveling. And some of the some of the games, um, you know, you're going to have to you're going to, have to play be a little tougher than what maybe everybody would like. But you know, that's because of of the travel. So, um, but it's sort of all the way across the board. If it's just one team, it's sort of uh, every team is going to get a little bit of that and. Uh, so we're looking for, for great things in the USWFL this year. And you can check us out on USWFL.net or on Facebook at USWFL Football League. Um, and, you know, also I want you to check out our, our team, TriCitySpender.com and TriCitySpender Women's Football on Facebook. And, uh, hey, we're, we're expecting uh, no less than, than – uh, what we did last year, I, I mean, I'm, um, you know, I like to take one game at a time, but our goals are high here. <clears throat> you know, I, I always like to set my goals high and uh, reach for the sky. That's uh, that's what you have to do, and I think if you don't, um, you'll never, you can never grow. And no matter if we uh, um, are as past successful as we were or not, we're uh, we're going to try just the same and give it everything we got. Um, like I said earlier, we've added some new players, and uh, they're really excited about the opportunity, and uh, you know, real excited about the the way we do things around here. I think that's the biggest thing for players that come to our team versus playing for another team is the difference in the way we do things and how excited. Um, we are about the things we do and uh, how excited we are about every player. We treat every player the same, not just one, single out one. We treat everybody the same. I, I think, you know, everybody's equal. You want to, you want play in time, you get out there and work your butt off and earn it. You know, the, during the off season, there's some that worked hard and some that haven't worked hard. And it showed in the last two days. So, uh, last two practices we've had. So, uh, if you're one of those that happens, I'm calling you out. You know who you are. We need to get after it. You know, we're only as good as, as you girls can go. You know, we're we we're going to lean on a lot of you girls really hard. Um, you know, we're not like a lot of these teams have 40 or 50. Uh, we'll be lucky to have 20. So, uh, we're going to lean on, we're going to lean on you girls hard. And, uh, I want you to get in shape. So, you know, if you're if you're listening out there, if you want to be great, it's all in your hands. Um, 
told a player that before, and she rose to the occasion. After she got mad and pouted about it, she realized I was just telling her that to help her, and uh, she turned into a great player last year. So, um, you know, step up. Be a leader. I don't care who you are. I don't care where you've played before. Step up. Be a leader. Don't matter how many uh, years you play. Hear that coach say that girl is in her second year and the uh, accomplishments she already has. She's humble about it. Um, that's what you got to be. So, um, you know, take it serious. Uh, do it just like you do any part of your life, and uh, you'll be great. Uh, also, we really want to thank J.C. Hawk Sports Network for having us on, letting us get on here and talk women's football every uh, Tuesday night, and uh, we really enjoy it, really appreciate it. So, uh, I want to really thank everybody for listening tonight, and uh, especially Coach Oliver and Peyton Custer for calling in from Canada and uh, staying with us for about 45 minutes and talking the, their game. So thanks to everybody, and have a good night. Till next Tuesday. Thank you. 